Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone. And you can check out my work on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd also love to have you be part of our free online Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. If you would like to show up more consistently for your creativity and craft and be in a community of people all rowing in the same direction, then I want to extend this invitation to you right now. Go to dailycreativehabit.com, request to join the group, and I look forward to seeing you there. So I just got back from a conference called The Thing, and you've heard me mention this before if you've listened to other podcast episodes. Uh, I am so um, privileged to be a part of this community that my friend Terry Weaver has created, and there are typically two events that happen. This one happened in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's an upcoming one this year in Orlando. Uh, pretty much every year there's an Orlando event in November. So you'll be hearing more about that in the uh, the months to come. But uh, I just love being a part of this community. And I've said it before, this community is really more than friends. It's really more like family. And I love the relationships that I built with the people there. Um, getting in a room, trying to figure some things out together, making each other better giving each other ideas and encouragement and um, also just being exposed to some different um, thoughts and different speakers uh, who also can present some frameworks and some technologies and so many different good things that come out of this time. Um, So I came back and I've been processing some of the things that I experienced there And I thought this might be a great opportunity for me to share, actually, a talk that I delivered at last year's Thing Conference in November. And it was a talk called uh, Day One. What do you do with a day one? Sometimes you're intentionally looking for a day one because you need to start over on something. And sometimes a day one finds you where life events happen and you weren't necessarily expecting things to go this way but you're left with a new start, a fresh start, a new beginning, sometimes one that you didn't necessarily welcome. Regardless of how it came, a lot of times we find ourselves faced with this idea of a day one, and what do you do with it? And I share some of my thoughts on this in regards to my own journey, and I had a day one experience when I decided to come back to my art after being away for 10 years. And I made this awful Starbucks coffee cup sketch in my sketchbook, was highly embarrassed by it. But I decided in that moment, this was day one of a much larger journey. And so sometimes we need to frame things in the right context, allow ourselves some grace for where we really are in the moment, what we're really capable of, not just what we maybe once were capable of or what we would like to be capable of, but to embrace where we are in the moment and to call something day one and have enough strength, energy, and just confidence to show up to say there's going to be a day two. So I hope this talk speaks to you and encourages you wherever you are on the journey and whatever your creativity looks like. Remember that it's not only you that needs it, but it's the world around you that needs it. So keep showing up, keep creating, 
And uh, I hope this talk speaks to you. Here's to your day one. I am honored to be able to open things up today. And I want to share a story, as I usually do, if you've heard me speak before. Uh, and some of you may be a little familiar with part of this story. But I also want to share a little context also of something that I came across that was really helpful to me, that I hope will be helpful to you as well, something really practical. And so I want to just start with the question, why is the remote not working? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, so I want to start with the question of what do you do with a day one? What do you do with a day one? Now, there's, there's one thing that I know about everybody in this room. Everyone here has had a day one. Matter of fact, you're having one right now. At this conference, this is day one for many of you. Some of you had the VIP experience. But for most, this is day one. You're here. New experience. If it's not this, then I want you to think back. There was a time at which you were in school the very first day. And maybe it was a lot of tears, a lot of anxiety. Please don't leave me here. I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on, right? Um, when you're a kid, there's just so much anxiety around going to school for the first time. You don't know anybody there. You don't, you're, you're being taught a lot of things all at once, and everything is new. Everything feels unsure. Maybe it was your first day on a new job. You come in and you're hopeful. Maybe you left a place where you're like, I don't really want to think about that place anymore. And now I'm coming into a place that hopefully is so much better. And you come in and you're like, I don't know who the people are. I don't know what the process is. I don't know what's expected of me all the time. There's so much, again, new, so much that can cause anxiety. Maybe your experience has been around January 1st. New Year's resolutions, right? You say, this is the year where I'm going to lose that weight. This is the year where I'm going to start working out. This is the year. This is my year. And then COVID hits, right? But anyway, you know, you're, you're like, this is my year. And then you go, okay, I join the gym. I go to the gym once. It's not working. I try the diet but it's not working. It's a day one. We all have these experiences. And sometimes your day one isn't something you choose, but it's something that chooses you. Do you know what I mean by that? Day one is an opportunity even when it feels like a curse. It's an opportunity. I know in a room like this that there are people who have come in to this weekend in a season of hurt, carrying things, broken, bleeding. And it was all you could do to get here. And your day one does not look anything like you would want it to look like. You would not choose it to look like this. But this is what you have. 
Maybe it's something in your personal life. Maybe there was a death, a divorce, an unplanned move, a job layoff, something unexpected that's causing pain and causing you to come in hopeful but hurting. And and I don't want to start on this like somber note, but I do want to acknowledge that this is very real. And there's a tendency to come into an environment and like put on the happy face and be like, everything is great and and business is great and everything, I couldn't ask for anything more. But in reality, we're like sobbing in the shadows. So I just want to ask as a sidebar, would you please take the opportunity that you have amongst friends and family in this time to get with somebody? If you're carrying stuff, not with everybody, but just somebody, trust me, because I've been there. I understand. I know. My day one came out of a season of depression. I had planted a church and launched a church with my best friend. It was an incredible ride. And it was like a rocket. The thing took off. From outward appearances, everyone's like, this is amazing. People are coming. You have five services a day. You don't even know what to do with all the people. You're building things. You're scaling. There's so much growth. It's like explosion on the outside. But on the inside, something was very disjointed in me. And I started to wrestle with fulfilling roles that I wasn't really gifted to fulfill and being in a place that I kind of felt stuck not being creative. And I remember vividly, I was on this retreat for church leaders. It was upstate New York. And there was an afternoon where we had a break and I went out on this trail into the woods and I just started walking and I started, I was carrying all this stuff with me. I was was weighed down by all the things that I couldn't sort out and all these feelings that were just, it felt like to me, I had this visual of like this knotted up ball of twine and I couldn't find the edges. I couldn't find where it started and stopped so I couldn't figure out how to undo this. I couldn't figure out the way forward. I couldn't figure out how to even ask for help. And so I'm walking along this path and, and I'm just kind of overcome and I'm even trying to pray and I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't even know how to form words. And I come to this certain spot and I just collapsed and I started weeping. just fell apart because I'm like how did things get here and how do we get out of here and I don't know and so I'm laying in the dirt just weeping and the guy who who organized the event happened to be running and he comes along the trail and he and he runs and he sees me and he just he sits down next to me in the dirt and says, we're going to get you some help. And what followed was this week-long intense therapy session at this ranch in Colorado, where it basically started to just unpack all the stuff that I had been feeling and experiencing and trying to give it a little bit of context. And during that week, there was a question that came to me that I really didn't like and I didn't want to deal or face. And the question was, 
what if this place isn't for you? What if the church that you helped start isn't the place that you're supposed to be? And I rejected the question right away because I said, are you nuts? I mean, I sunk my life into this. I gave everything for this. How could this not be a part of my life? How could I walk away from this? That's insane. But as I left that week-long therapy session and I headed back home, that, that question just plagued me. And it became apparent over the next several months that indeed it was my time to go. But it left me with a bigger question of, well, now what? I feel chewed up from ministry. I don't think I'm going to be heading into working in another church right now. It had been 10 years since I had been involved with graphic design, and it felt like that world passed me by a bit. And so I said, what do I do? I I don't even know what my options are as as far as a career. Who's going to hire somebody who's desperate and broken and bleeding? I have a family to care for. And then it started the trek of, okay, I'm leaving. I don't know where I'm going to, and now I'm leaving a faith community that should have been my support system. And I'm leaving family and friends with strained relationships, financial worries. We had to sell our house, and I'm like, I don't know where we're going to live. So much uncertainty at every turn. It just kind of felt like it was coming to this place of rock bottom. I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And then, and then the last thing was, my dad is diagnosed with cancer. And my family is living one place, and I move in with my parents to try to help be caretaker, which I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Taking him to chemo sessions and trying to help care for him. And three months go by, and then he passes away. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Is this it? Is this what life has become? Is there a way up from here? Because I certainly don't see it. I was hurting so very much and felt like I had nothing that I could do to help myself. I had taken a job where I was in a cubicle, what I call pushing pixels, which basically went back into a design situation where I wasn't in leadership anymore. I wasn't part of a team making high-level decisions. I was a guy who just got a punch list and said, here, do this. And it was very humbling. But it was a gift because it gave me the ability to kind of pull the car over on the side of the road and say, okay, we're going to figure out what comes next without some pressures to perform. It was at that time that I started to hear this voice in me say, you need to come back to your art. It had been 10 years, really, since I had touched my art. And there was something in me awakening again, going, you need this. Not for somebody else's project, not for somebody else's expectations, a committee, a client, but for you, for your soul, because it brings you joy and it's going to bring you health. And it terrified me. Because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, 10 years is a long time to not do something. But I made a decision. I said, I'm going to find my sketchbook, and I'm going to find a pen. And I went down to a a local Starbucks, and I sat there, 
And I sketched this. And I said, holy cow, that's horrible. <laughs> it was awkward. I felt so inept. Because isn't it true that when you do something new or you try and come back to something you haven't done in a really long time, there's something in you that says, I should be great out of the gate. I have experienced success in another area of my life. I should be able to just take that, move it over here, and boom, we're great. Instead, most of the time, it's, this is horrible. I don't like this. I don't want to be seen as weak or inept. I don't want to be a newbie. I want to be great immediately. So I'm staring at this thing, and it's staring back at me, and I'm like, stupid coffee cup. And I'm thinking to myself, if somebody knew that I went to art school, and they came up behind me, and they saw this, they'd be like, dude, what happened? Right? Because that's what I was thinking. What happened? It was embarrassing. But it was all I could do in the moment. I had to allow myself the grace to go, I can't do anything more than this. This is where I'm at. This is what I can bring to the table. Do I wish it was more? Do I wish it was better? Yes. But is it? No. This is what I can manage. So this is my day one. And I wrote at the top of the page, day one. And I decided in that moment that I was going to turn the page and tomorrow I would show up again and say day two and not think about the awful Starbucks coffee cup that's on the other side of the page. I got turned on to this idea of a 365-day art-making journey, which terrified me because I'm like, I haven't done art in 10 years. How can I come back to it, right? I've talked about this before in some context, but it scared me. And so what I did was I said, can I at least show up for the next seven days? And even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes doing something that I'm not proud of, can I do it? Yes, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So I decided I was going to show up no matter what. And that's what I did. And then I kept going. A week turned into a month, turned into a year. This was my first year. And I was like, I did it. I don't know how I did it, but I just showed up and I kept playing around. I was experimenting. I was, I was trying to find that joy again. And I felt like some life and some breath was coming back to me some passion coming back to me. And I reached the year and I said, what now what? And I said, I don't think I'm done yet, so I'm gonna keep going. So I kept going. And you know what, I, I started to discover some things about myself, I started to discover things about my art, I started to, to find my voice and my style. And I'm like, where was this all along? I had gone to design, you know, I had been in, in design world for a long time, I had been to art school, and none of this stuff had come about, but it was because I was in the crucible where I was, the pressure, and engaging in a way that allowed me to play an experiment and, and meet this stuff head on, that it allowed me to find my voice and my style, and find things that were part of my journey that I was like, you know what, this isn't just for me, this is for somebody else too. That's when you know you're starting to enter into a bigger story. That's when you know something significant is happening. It's not just you. So I kept going. This April will be 10 years. 10 years away from art, I'm approaching 10 years back. What do you see when you look at that? 
You're like, not much, dude. That's small. <laughs> like 4,000 pieces around. And before you think that I'm doing artist math, because of 365 times 10 years, I doubled up a lot of days. So somewhere around 4,000 pieces showing up every single day. A lot of them were dogs, were horrible. Were, I'm not going to show that to anybody except now, of course. Um, but there were other moments that were breakthroughs. There were other moments that said, this is shaping something bigger here. There are other moments that became something else. As a matter of fact, it turned into a whole bunch of other things for me. I self-published four books, starting with my first one, which is Dear Snow, One Man's Angry Rant Against Winter. If you think you hate snow, I challenge you. You do not hate snow more than I do. I wrote the book on it. Autobiography, baby. Available on Amazon. So I wrote four books and illustrated four books. And also, I created a course, Your Artist Journey, where I started to unpack the lessons and the principles that I figured out along the way of me showing up every single day. I had opportunities to have my artwork on TV with Talking Dead and to have it with celebrities and in publications and like sci-fi.com and um, started a podcast where I talk to artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. And yes, I say that every single time for every single podcast. But I talk to creatives to find out their story. I, I, I want to explore this and say, you know what? If you're a creative person, you're experiencing certain things, you're not alone. It's part of the journey. It's normal and it's natural. And here's, here's somebody else's story that gives it more context. I had opportunities to, to live sketch events. Like I'm doing this one, you'll see me sketching. And, and it's turned into international opportunities even. Uh, I mean, I started a, a, a creative community called Daily Creative Habit where I'm encouraging other creative people to show up every single day, just like was my experience, to say, you can do this. There's more if you show up. Put the work in. Choose yourself. Stop waiting to be chosen and picked. Nobody's coming to rescue you. Choose yourself. So I encourage people to join that community. Opportunities to speak like I'm doing right now. All of this because I said, I'm going to show up for day one. Where is your day one leading you? Is it leading you? For so many of us, we get so frustrated by the context of what it is that's happening, and there's this gap of, of where we are, where we want to be, who we are, who we want to be, that we just we jettison the whole thing. We say, it's too uncomfortable, it's too ugly. I'm getting rid of it. Instead of looking at it going, this is actually a catalyst. This is a moment that I can step into. And yes, it's awkward. And yes, it's ugly. But that's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. I read this book, Atomic Habits. If any of you are familiar with this, if you're not, I highly suggest that you check this book out. Uh, James Clear wrote this book, Atomic Habits. And in this book, I came across this diagram that actually explained something to me. And I didn't realize that I was actually living this out. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where all of a sudden you, you encounter a framework and you're like, oh, I'm like the living embodiment of that. Holy cow. So I totally had to steal it. And I'm sharing it with you today because I think there's something in here really practical for us to come around and identify. He talks about this, this process of um, identity-based habits. And he says, 
there are these rings. The outer ring is outcomes. Then we've got processes. And we've got identity in the middle. So in other words, outcomes, results, what you get, process, habits and systems, what you do, identity, beliefs, what you believe. It's interesting because so much of what I talk about a lot of times is here, process. Show up every single day and you'll get the result that you need, right? Isn't that, isn't that more natural for us? And we kind of work it kind of the outside in. We say, what is the outcome that I want? What's the result that I want to achieve? Okay, well, how do I get there? What do I do? Would you tell me something to do? For many of us, that's why we're here. We want somebody this weekend to tell us what to do. We want that thing that's finally going to unlock that missing piece that's going to turn things around and lead us to the outcomes that we've been hoping for. But there's a missing piece in this that we're not addressing, which is the most important piece in the middle, identity. The bigger question, the bigger goal of day one is not, what am I going to do? But it's, who do I wish to become? Who do I wish to become? That's so much bigger of a question. That's why I think a lot of times we avoid it. That's scary. Who do I need to become for this next season of my life? Who do I need to become in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish? Who is the type of person that could get the outcome I want? What does that person look like? And again, that's scary because a lot of times, if we take the time to uncover that, and really identify that, and then we hold up a mirror of ourselves and we're like, ooh, I'm not the person that I need to be. And it's easier to just keep trying different things to do than to address that question of who is it that I need to be. James Clear talks about the process of, of doing this. So how, how do you figure out the identity piece. How do, you, how do you come about this a different way as opposed to coming to process and outcomes and forgetting about the identity? He says, number one, decide the type of person you want to be. It's a decision. Just like I decided that day, I said, I'm going to show up in that chair and draw that Starbucks coffee cup. That's the type of person I want to be. I want to be an artist again. I wasn't, but that's who I wanted to be. And so I said, what is the type of person, what, do they, what does that look like? Well, that looks like somebody sitting down, putting their butt in the chair and doing the work. The second one is prove it to yourself with small wins. In other words, identify who it is that you need to become and then prove it to yourself. Because automatically we're going to say, yeah, that's who I need to be, but I can't because... And then we start just going down the excuse trail. Or we have so many limiting beliefs about ourselves. It's possible for other people, but not for me. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd rather just camp out again and just tell me what to do. Give me a strategy. But it's figure out the type of person you want to be, then prove it to yourself with small wins. That's what I was doing 
and I didn't even know it, when I showed up that first week. 10, 15 minutes at a time, sketching, going, I don't know. I don't know if this is doing anything, but I, this is what I think a person who has work, who is an artist, that's what they would do. They'd show up and actually put the work in. Let's take it out of art, because I know many of you would be like, I don't really get that whole thing. That's good for you, but want to become a better writer. What does that look like? The identity piece. Become the type of person who writes a thousand words each day. What does that person look like? Small win, write one paragraph each day this week. Not month, not year, this week. One paragraph. But that's too small. That's not going to move the needle. I need something grand gesture. No, prove it to yourself. Prove that you can be that person. And then when you start experiencing those wins, you, you've convinced yourself of, you know what? This isn't just hopeful wishing. This is actually moving into who I should be and could be and need to be. Benjamin Franklin said, the things you do often create the things you believe. It's this process to be involved in. You need to show up. You need to be engaged. It's reinforcing, showing, proving to yourself you can do this. For so many of us, we get stuck here in the middle, the process. And then we wonder why, year after year, we come to conferences, maybe even this conference, and we hear a bunch of things, and we fill a conference notebook with all sorts of methods, principles, tactics, strategies, and then it doesn't work. And then we don't get traction. Or we try, and it's like, nah, I guess I just, it works for everybody else, but for me, I, I'm a lost cause. Because we don't get to the identity piece. What will you do with your day one? Will you do anything with it? Will it be a day one and a final day all on the same day? Much like the diet or the exercise plan. The choice is yours. And the whole reason why I shared all that stuff as far as a stupid Starbucks coffee cup and then year one and then the last nine years in a slide is not to show you like, hey, this is what I did. Isn't this great? No, it's like, you know what? That's what it can lead to because day one is a seed. It's, it's, it's the hope of something better. We all are here because we want to see change. We want to see something different in our lives, in our businesses, in, in our dreams and our goals. Maybe we're just not engaging the right way. So what are you going to do with your day one? It's up to you. If you're somebody who considers themselves creative and you're doing things that you want to see flourish and you want to show up every single day, I want to encourage you. You can visit my, my website. My link is there to join Daily Creative Habit Group. It's a free Facebook group. If you want to just hang around my site, contact me. I would love to talk to you more about this stuff because this isn't just something that's like, hey, this is a good idea. I think I'll talk about this. This is stuff that I'm, I've been living. 
And I would love to connect with you over this stuff. So today is your day one. What are you going to do with it? Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.